our Secretary of State is Secretary of State Blinken, who said this is not Saigon again, speaking of Afghanistan. Remember, uh, this is not Saigon. We went to Afghanistan 20 years ago with one mission, and that mission was to deal with the folks who attacked us on 9-11. And we have succeeded in that mission. The objective that we set, bringing uh, those who attacked us to justice, uh, making sure that they couldn't attack us again from Afghanistan, we've succeeded in that mission. Uh, and, in fact, we succeeded a while ago. I've said this a thousand times. I agree with going into Afghanistan after 9-11, but we should have been there 20 months, not 20 years. The previous president uh, claimed victory uh, a while ago that he started this process. I started the process. All the troops are coming back home. They couldn't stop the process. 21 years is enough, don't we think? 21 They couldn't stop the process. They wanted to, but... It was very tough to stop the process. But when he announced that, I thought it's going to be an unwieldy process at best and total chaos at worst. Life has become difficult for people. People worried about the, how the, the way Taliban treat us before and now it's a little different. And how about the women and children? I'm not afraid of them. We are not the people who will, you know, go back to the dark era. I'm a girl and I don't care about anyone. I'm here even today. If they kill me, if they identify me, I will not care about them. I will not care about them. What, what should I be scared of? This is my homeland, my land. Let's welcome from DePaul University historian and author specialized in the Middle East terrorism, international security, military history, Dr. Thomas Makaitis is here. I saw you this morning on Channel 9, Professor. What do you think of the president's speech? Well, I, it jived very well with the conclusions I had drawn. Um, what most people don't realize is that it wasn't just a matter of honoring President Trump's agreement that he had already begun in 2020 to run our troops down in Afghanistan. There were only about four to 5,000 in November, and by January 15th, it was 2,500. Biden hadn't taken office, and... In Kandahar province alone, the Afghan National Army had given up 200 checkpoints, which means that the Taliban were already well on their way to dominating the countryside. So Biden had an incredibly difficult choice, exactly as he said in his speech. Does he go back in with more troops, with knowing full well that we're going to have to do the fighting because the Afghan army isn't doing it and lose more American lives and spend more American money for yet another open-ended commitment that, you know, would leave us in five or ten years having exactly the same conversation. Doctor, he mentioned again today, and I've read extensively about the uh, British experience in the 1800s in Afghanistan, the Soviets obviously last century. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It is a graveyard for empires. Can you elaborate on that as a historian? I certainly can, because I've actually written about the British involvement in Afghanistan. I'm classically trained as a British historian. Exactly right. What the British learned in the 19th century after the, the abortive mission to Kandahar, or excuse me, to Kabul, which they captured, but they only one man lived to come back, is that the center of gravity in Afghanistan is not the cities. It's the countryside. And it's not even clear that you really have an Afghan um, identity. So what the British did is they managed Afghanistan. They didn't try to go in there and occupy it. Now, I'm not defending their imperialism. They shouldn't have been in India at all at that point. But the fact is, everybody who's gone in there trying to stay and occupy it has run into this difficulty. Um, you could, Counterinsurgency works extremely well, but you cannot win the hearts and minds of other people's, uh, of another uh, group's people, unless they do it themselves. And, that, and that's why I've written that Failure was baked in to this operation almost from the beginning. 
if we had stayed, instead of going to Iraq, Iraq in 2003, if we stayed and tried to, you know, to, to, to control the situation and build the country from the, grass, from the ground up, then maybe we could have achieved something. But once we let that window of opportunity slip by, um, we really should have left after we killed Osama bin Laden, declared victory and gone home because it was a losing proposition, um, you know, from, from at the very least 2009 and probably a lot earlier. Before I get down to my next question, I always thought that that story, the, the story about the one British, I think he was a doctor on horseback, Yes, it was. Six, yeah. Sixteen thousand tried to march out. One survived. I thought that was apocryphal. You're saying that's literally true? Well, it's something to that degree. Is I'd have to look up the precise details. But the bottom line was, is Ellison's army went in, captured Kabul with remarkable speed, and then left, you know, fairly late in in, in the cold uh, in the cold weather, and then simply most of them died along the way. It is my understanding that there was only one survivor, but you know, don't quote me on that because I would need to double-check it. <laughs> That's an unbelievable story. Dr. Thomas Mikaitis is here from DePaul University, historian, author specializing in terrorism, international security, military history. I caught him this morning on Channel 9. Will Afghanistan once again become a haven for terrorists? I don't. You know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that isn't going to happen because... Uh, analysts, uh, including myself, who looked at this even several years ago, were saying, look, what does the Taliban really want? So we're so caught up with the international terrorist angle, we forget that their primary goal was always control of Afghanistan itself. Now, they paid a terrible price for allowing al-Qaeda to operate on their soil. It may, and it's going to take them, by the way, just because they knocked over the Afghan government doesn't mean they have consolidated control of a country with numerous warlords and various ethnic factions. Um, so it's going to take them a while to do that. Um, and I'm really not sure they're going to be happy with ISIS and, and al-Qaeda camping out in their territory yet again, knowing, as the president said, that we can hit them with over-the-horizon weapons. Now, having said that, the real risk is will they be able to exercise whoever governs Afghanistan enough control over their territory to make sure somebody doesn't inadvertently set up shop or excuse me, set up shop in a way that they can't oust them, which is to some degree what happened with Pakistan. Um, Pakistan was unwilling to risk trying to turf the Taliban out of its, of its borderlands. On the other hand, I'm not sure how well that would have worked for them because they then would have been the target rather than simply the host nation. Many in my industry, you know, talk radio, conservative talk radio, are going to say this is Biden's fault. Do you think this was essentially a courageous act by Joe Biden? Perhaps uh, perhaps a contributing factor is that he considers himself to be a one-term president and he'd rather take the licks now and the attacks now and do the right thing? Well, that's, there's a lot in that sentence. I think what was courageous was what he had the courage to say today. Look, I own responsibility for this. And he admitted he was surprised by the speed of the Taliban collapse, but I think he's absolutely right when he says that confirms that it was the right decision. So, you know, and the same people that are going to, that are jumping on him for this failure were cheering when President Trump announced the decision as part of his America First uh, policy. So, you know, I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to criticize Biden, for doing the thing that you you applauded Trump for doing, that that doesn't work terribly well. Well, there's no, there's no shortage of hypocrisy in politics. Did you see, uh, Professor, that, that, no. <laughs> that the RNC took down that page where they were commending Trump 
for uh, announcing the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That page has been vaporized as of this weekend. Yeah, well, no, I'm not the least bit surprised. That's 1984. You know, the present, the future's constant. The past is always changing to suit the needs of the moment. <laughs> uh, Professor Makaitis, thank you for your time this afternoon. Much appreciated, sir. You bet. Have a nice evening. I will not mislead the American people by claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today and how we must move forward from here. I am President of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me.